everybody on today's show of the utah high school hoops podcast i am joined by tua toyevao tua runs the utah hype program and uh he hit me up on twitter slash x and i was like dude this sounds great so i love what y'all are about and uh so we're gonna jump on and have a conversation about his program and about some of the things that uh, he's been able to learn throughout his time uh, running it thanks so much let's get going This is the Utah High School Hoops Podcast, your source for sometimes informative, but always entertaining coverage of the Utah High School Hoops scene with your host, Adam Meek. What's going on? So, uh, Tua, sometimes I come out from that intro and I'm like, oh, thanks to me, I guess. I don't know. I didn't really like <laughs> It's my own voice. I... Maybe I'll get somebody else. Maybe I'll have you. You can do the I'll intro. do it. Hey, welcome, everybody. Adam P. Appreciate the <laughs> intro, man. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Tua. Yeah, thanks for having – no, thanks for coming on. There it is. Uh, well, But sincerely, though, I, I do appreciate you hitting me up. Uh, you know, this has been a, a newer adventure for me, hosting this podcast. And so it's just been cool to kind of uh, – what is what is Bruce Water – or Bruce Lee talk about, like, be like water, right? You're just sort of yeah. moving where you can – be the water. Find people and be the water. Yeah. Um, still a pair of shoes that I do not have are the Bruce Lee Kobe's. I think those would be incredible, but I don't yeah. possess them and that's okay. Um, but uh, uh, the voice you hear, like I said, is uh, Tua Toyevao. So Tua, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Great to be here, Adam. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. So uh, where, where are you? Uh, give us a little bit of background on yourself uh, I find that people are best able to describe themselves. I could probably go look up stuff on the internet, and that's going to be really boring. So we have the source. So uh, tell yeah. me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, happy to. Um, so I uh, I originally grew up, I was born in Florida, and grew up between Florida and Oklahoma, and going back and forth there. Uh, spent most of high school in Oklahoma, did a year in Florida, um, served a uh, well, prior to serving the LDS mission, I, I worked at Disney World for a little bit. So um, I've heard about well, that place. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really a fascinating place to work. Right. You know, there's a reason there's a big difference between Disney World and Knott's Berry Farm. Right. Or yeah. Six Flags. Right. And it's because of the buy in and really kind of the, the story that they're trying to tell. Right. I heard a, I had heard a crazy story actually once that I think it was at Disneyland maybe it was uh, like there were two there was a couple and they were dating and they were both in high school together and they were dating at their own high school but at Disneyland she was like Snow White and he was just like a he was like a janitor and literally nobody could quite compute like why was Snow White dating a janitor because everybody is so dialed in to to the culture there right and then it was but it was this whole story about this like these like two high school kids that nobody ever think about except at disneyland because of what you're talking about it was like well how are they dating <laughs> yeah i don't know anyway it's it's uh yeah. it's the I'm, I'm sure there's entire podcast dedicated to the culture of disney and um, probably good ones probably some tough ones but that's that's cool that you got to work i've been to disney world in, in orlando it's uh it's a really incredible place. Yeah, it, it totally is. So my the reason I was born there, my dad was one of the first 
uh, people to when Disney World opened up the Polynesian Resort Hotel, they went to it was known as Church College of Hawaii back then. Now it's BYU Hawaii. And it recruited a bunch of students to come and be the entertainers and the, the luau show and really give this authentic thing. So, you know, growing up, you know, we just did going to Disney World on a Saturday with your cousins and friends was like just going down to the park here. Yeah. You know, uncle would have he, he knew where the secret door was to get in. So you'd show up and he'd be like, he'd open the door and like, okay, come on, let's go, let's go. <laughs> then we bum around Disney World with no money, by the way. Right, right. Oh, <laughs> we were awesome. drinking out of every water fountain, you know, seeing if we could get extra hookups with food if so we knew somebody that worked there, right? But it was oh, it was it was a blast. Um, you know, fun fact about Disney World is that there's never two Mickeys out at the same time. Hmm. So if you're at Epcot and you see Mickey, Mickey's not at Magic Kingdom walking around either. And that's part of part of the aura. Got that, it. That they want to maintain that, you know, that that show, right? And you're not an employee, you're called a cast member. Yeah, that's right. The cast member. So yeah. You're part of a show. So anyway, so it was fun. That's cool. So, Did you ever do any fun jobs there? You know what? I was uh so right out of high school, I was a barback. So there was a place at Disney called Pleasure Island, right? Yeah. It was and it was almost like a Disney after dark place, right? There were all all kinds of nightclubs, man. People would just get absolutely trashed, right? And so my job was to supply the bartender with sure. everything they're serving, clean the glasses, bust the tables, all that stuff, right? So, you know, after about a year and a half of that, I was like, man, I don't know. If, uh-huh. right? Environment for me this is, you know, it got to the point where, you know, I worked at a club bar backing and sometimes I go 14 days straight. I was a single kid, you know, just making money, had no life. Right. And then my, my friends would say, Hey, can we go to the club? Let's go to the club. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like it's been 14 <laughs> days. I don't want to go back. Wanna do that. <laughs> That's so, awesome. <clears throat> anyway, got out of that served an LDS mission to, uh, to Fiji, which was amazing. Um, and then went to Hawaii, lived there for a couple of years, met my wife there. Um, and then we moved back to Utah. Well, the plan was to get married in Utah. She's originally from Salt Lake. Okay. So the idea was let's go get married. Then we'll move back to Laie and, you know, raise our family on the beach and, you know, right off into the sunset. So we came and got married. There's and a we've beach never been back Lake, since. right? Like you can, you can go to Utah Lake to the beach. Isn't there? A- <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little bit different. <laughs> Is it? Okay. I don't know. I've actually never been. I've, I've, I've been, man, I've been all over the world. I've not been to Hawaii. <laughs> oh, you gotta go, man. Gotta go. I'm one of the few people who's like, I've been into a jungle in Rwanda and I've been to Kenya and uh, Dubai, but I've not been to Hawaii. So it's on the list though. It's certainly there on the list. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So you've been in Utah now for what? I think you said like 20 years. 23 years. Yeah. We did four years in Arizona and then we just moved back four years ago. So. Okay. So what's your connection then to, to basketball? Like, it, was that something you've always done? Um, you know, were you just a big Shaq and Penny fan and just thought like, ah, oh, well, I'll get in, I'll get into, uh, I'll get into basketball growing up in Orlando or how, how did you make that connection? Yeah. So I always grew up playing basketball, right? Um, I was in Orlando in high school when the whole Shaq and Penny craze happened, right? Went to the draft party at the arena. 
at the time when they drafted Chris Webber, then traded him. I mean, you'd have thought people were going to riot right there in the middle of the arena, right? Yeah. So always played basketball. And then after I got married, you know, our kids, we had four kids, and all of them were really athletic. And we were just like, all right, we know you're going to be tall. right? We know you're going to have big feet. Everybody's going to play something, right? And so basketball was kind of one of the first things that they got into. Um, and they all played basketball through one the boys are playing through senior year. My daughter played through ninth grade and then she loved volleyball. So she went on to play volleyball uh, throughout her high school career and then a couple years of college as well. Okay. So, so yeah. Got it. And, and now no kids in the. No, current. we have, we have, well, so my daughter's serving a mission in Los Angeles right now. Okay. Our son just returned home from his mission okay. in Taiwan. And so he's actually getting in shape and he's gonna, probably going to go walk on somewhere this fall to play ball. Okay. Um, he played basketball and football in high school. And then we have a senior. He's play, He plays basketball and volleyball. Uh, he broke his thumb. So he's just kind of, you know, he's done for basketball season. He's hanging out. Got and it. then we have a ninth, eighth grader. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Got it. That makes sense. Um, and apologies if anybody is is listening to this and you're like, how do you not know about Tua's kids? Uh, <laughs> so, you know, like like I was telling you before the call, I was like I was telling my neighbor the other day about Judge's new football coach. Like this is how naive I am to the history, which is a very rich history of Utah high school basketball and apparent and also football. And I was like, yeah, the new coach is uh, Jeff uh, Kafusi, and he's like, oh man. Like the Kafusis are this legend, and I was like, "Dude, I have, I have no idea. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm not looking <laughs> at this thing as like. I hope I've never pretended to be some sort of historian. So, uh, no, it's all good. I promise you, hardly anybody's heard about my kids. <laughs> okay, got <laughs> like, it. we're well, not in that same world, man. The Kafusis have they're on a different planet. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. Uh, still though, I mean, you got you got uh, you know uh, kids who sound like they're they're doing great out outside of high school and um, got. Got a couple of ones that are starting out. So then there, there's, but there's a big step though from, you know, like I have kids who are athletic to I'm going to start and run an AAU program. There's, there's probably a, there's got to be some kind of connection and story there. So here's my idea. I didn't realize we're, we're about 10 minutes into this. Um, I do have a wonderful, lovely sponsor uh, that's been so kind to uh, want to, want to reach our reach our community here in the utah high school hoops podcast uh called ruby so what i'm going to do to is i'm going to play their ad and when we come back i want to hear about that connection so how did you go from you know dad to you know utah hype man uh you're like the flavor of flav of utah aau basketball no. uh but let's let's uh, let's dig into that a little bit when we come back and just even talk about some of the lessons that you've learned and in that process of helping kids as like unsigned seniors get, get noticed. I think that's a really cool feature of what you have going on. Uh, so when we come right back uh, with uh, Tua Toyevau after this break. How the heck are you supposed to eat five servings of fruits and vegetables a day? And as a mom, I think I figured it out. Ruby, Ruby is the only way. Open, pour, shake, drink. My kids love Ruby because it tastes so good. and. 
when in your life are you gonna get this many fruits and vegetables in just one serving? Like I get to eat my Mickey berries. Trust me on this one. Try it once and you will not regret it. Your kids won't even complain that they have to drink it. It's that good. And you won't regret going to goruvy.com and using code ADAM15 to get 15% off your purchase. That's goruvi, G-O-R-U-V-I.com and use code ADAM15 for 15% off your purchase. Hey, all right. We are back here on the Utah High School Hoops podcast and I am joined by Tua Toyeval and we're going to be talking about your program. So tell me a little bit about the genesis of Utah hype. How did you get into the, the AAU basketball scene, I guess, here in Utah? Yeah, yeah. So I think I think we have to go back to when we lived in Arizona, right? Um, so we lived in the Gilbert area. Mm-hmm. And there's this these two things happening simultaneously was my daughter was playing really high level club ball, right? Volleyball. And, and being involved in those clubs, I saw like, man, they are super organized. They're very communicative. Everything is just on point. Right. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. Right. And then on the flip side, her younger brother, who's a year and a half younger, we were getting him into club ball. And we, we, I think we've been in Arizona, like maybe six months, seven months. And I'm looking around for clubs and I'm going around to these tryouts and watching the practices. He's in eighth grade at the time. And I'm like, man, this is, this is not organized. This is just (laughs) opposite. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And, and there is, we were at one, one tournament one time he's playing, playing on some team and this guy comes up to me and he's like, my son's playing, he's playing really well. And he's like, Hey, is that your boy? Like, do I know you? <laughs> Some random guy comes up and asks me. And I said, yeah. And he said, we should talk. We have a team. And I'm like, okay. So we end up having that conversation. I go and I check out his practice. My, I send my son and watch him practice with the boys. And it was, it was really eye-opening, right? Because their team, it was one team, right? And they were really organized. The coach was awesome. He was very disciplined. He was running it like what I felt like should have been like, okay, this is a real practice. They've got real goals. This is, this is what they're supposed to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up running with that team and uh, we would go to tournaments and we always played one or two levels up and man, we were, we were killing everybody. Bunch of eighth graders, right. We had some tall kids, great group of athletes, right. Um, you know, one of them, one of them is the starting left tackle now at Oklahoma state. The other one's a quarterback at uh, I think NAU, Right. And then a few other guys went and played other sports elsewhere. Right. So so we kind of had it. Right. And then the coach says, oh, I'm moving away. Right. And so now the team's like, like, OK, well, about that time, about a year later, the opportunity came up for us to move back to Utah. OK. And so we, we decided to move back. And the the same thing is kind of happening again. So. And I and you know the hard thing about moving kids in the middle of high school. Number one, they don't want they don't want to move, right? No, not at all, right? And so my son, our oldest boy, he's he played basketball mostly. And his junior year, we said, all right, you know, his mom would kind of had this thing like, you're having a bad attitude, okay? You're gonna go play football. <laughs> and he was like, what? 
So we made him go play football. He he did really well. And as like the day after we had lost in the playoffs, I think we packed up the truck and left and we moved mm. back to Utah. And when we came back, um, I think basketball season was just starting up. And so he ended up attending Orem High. Okay. And and this and I'll, I'll make a, a note here too. You know, prior to moving back, my wife and I had come back and we had talked to a bunch of different schools about, you know, we wanted to find the best fit. We didn't have a place to live yet, but we wanted to find the best fit for our son. He was really athletic. You know, he he has it, right? And so when we would talk to some of these schools and some of these these high school coaches, the high school coaches would be like, yeah, if he's going to play other sports, he can't do that here. He mm. needs to focus on basketball. And it happened multiple times. And I thought, man, this is, you know, why are you trying to cage these kids in? So yeah, can, can can I just put a little pin in this real, real quickly? Because I think this is actually really critical. And it's a huge part of the lack of development, I think, by by athletes. It's fine to want to only focus on basketball. But you will notice, and there's been plenty of stuff out there, you can Google all of this, that uh, athletes are getting to college now. And the, the, the team doctors are just talking about like what a wear and tear they have on their bodies. Uh, you know, their knees are starting to go because if all you do is play the same sport and just repeat, just have repetitive motion over and over and over and over and over again, you, you begin to wear down your joints, right? Forget all this talk about like, you know, burnout and all those kinds of things. But look at like, you know, like Steve Nash talked about the importance of playing soccer growing up and how that impacted his players as a basketball player. Think about Allen Iverson was one of the best football players in the country. Uh, LeBron James could have gone to Ohio State to play football. Uh, Michael Jordan, you know, he famously went and played baseball for a couple of years. Like, it, it's it's actually better for the athlete. This is my opinion, and I think that it's actually backed up by some science, <clears throat> where it is better for the athlete to do something else. I mean, even Stephen Curry, who's the greatest shooter of all time, one of the hardest workers, is also like a almost a professional golfer. Because in the offseason, he just enjoys golf. It's okay. Athletes, parents, coaches, man alive. It is okay to play another sport, to enjoy that sport. And actually, I think it helps It helps you get better at the, the sport that you love. So anyway, kind of got a little like triggered moment there because I hear I've heard this before and I'm just like not not about me like it's never it's you know I'll give a huge shout out to coach Sanyan at judge like I approached him about AJ playing football there and he was like yeah it sounds great think it'll be really beneficial so um you know of course coaches want them to focus and, and be you know be be focused on on their sport but let's have a little bit of room for that so anyway yep. I apologize oh, we could do a whole other podcast on that, man. Nah, Lee, I just, I, I can't, I can't with all of the like. I mean, I, I had people telling me like, with my second grade son, like he's got to be year round. I'm like, yeah. second grade, he's gonna do 15 oh. sports. <laughs> I hope he skins his knee playing tag on the playground. Like I could just seasonality, enjoy it, have fun. Anyway. Continue. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. So you're looking. You're I'm looking with you 100, man. Yeah, it was. It was really. It was really like eye opening to me to hear that from adults, right? Like, no, they need to focus on the thing. And so when we when we got to Orem, 
you know, the basketball coach was like, oh, yeah, man, I'd love for these football players to come out and play more, right? Mm. And then even the, the football coaches were like, heck, yeah, they should go play basketball. Absolutely, right? That helps in there. And you're talking about Orem, who, who at the time had won, I think, three state championships in football, mm. right? And so that season, that football season, they ended up winning another one, right? And so – in, in those conversations, okay, we ended up at Orem, right? He goes, uh, finishes out his junior year. They, they do well, bunch of seniors, right? And then he's one of the only underclassmen that gets playing time, right? And then the senior year happens. Well, now he's the only one that had any playing time, so it's a bunch of these JV kids, right? They ended up – they didn't win very many games, but, man, they, they made a run in the playoffs that year, right? They should have won that second-round one, right? And gone on, they would have been in, I think, the quarters after that. Okay. Okay. And so anyway, so senior season ends, right? And now I'm like, okay, you know, my feet are to the fire, right? I've 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 learned that Twitter is really this powerful tool. Orem High football was amazing, and their staff at getting their boys recruited, right? Mm out to colleges. Their coaches were constantly tweeting out film. They would tell all the boys, hey, you need a Twitter profile. You need to post your highlights. You need to do this. And those coaches, well, guess what? You know, when when you're winning, right, good kids want to come play at your high school, right? And so right. it just naturally progressed, right? And so there we get these kids recruited. And I started looking around at basketball, like high school basketball programs. And I couldn't find a single high school staff that was doing something similar. And I thought that's that's really weird. It's mm-hmm. odd. Like I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. The math didn't compute. So so so. All right. Put a pin in it. All right. I'm gonna come back to that in a second. Right. And then we start going around. I'm looking for a club. Right. The only person I know that runs a club is Tim Davis. Right. He yep. runs the prospects. Tim and I had a class at UVU together many many years ago. We just you know kind of touch touch and go, stay in touch type of thing. Right. So I called Tim. Tim. I said, hey. Mm-hmm. Been a guest on the Utah High School Hoops podcast. It's probably the most important thing about him was that he was a guest on the show. He yeah. tells everybody, like, <laughs> you know, you know, you know that podcast, and they're like, oh, that one. He's like, yeah, I was on it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> Tim's that's a great dude. I love him, man. Yeah, 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 for sure. He's done a really good job of building that program. Incredible. And, yeah, and getting the top guys out there, right? Yep. And so Tim was Tim kind of explains. I didn't realize who the prospects were, kind of the the depth of it. And so he's saying, okay, you can go here, here, here. These are probably some of the clubs you go check out. So I start going to these club practices and it's like eighth grade in Arizona all over again for my, for my son. I'm like, okay. You know, there's 30 kids in the gym, 10 are playing and it's just pickup ball, right? Coach will stop, run a few drills and then it's pickup ball. There's really no coaching going on, man. Okay. So and, and some of the coaches, too, were like, they said, hey, we want your boy. Can he be, you know, in Louisville in two weeks for a tournament? I'm like, wait, 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 what, what? So I'm like, oh, okay, like, like I've done travel volleyball with my daughter before. Like, I understand how that works. And how it works is, you know exactly the schedule prior to signing on the dotted line. You know exactly what it's going to cost, right? So you can plan your, your summer out. Yeah. And there were a couple times where I get phone call or text, say, hey, we're going to be in Louisville. Hey, we're going to be in California. Hey, we're going to be I'm like, 
dude, I cannot be ponying up on a flight to Louisville 10 days before you're supposed to be there. Yeah. Right? So $1,300 round trip. You can yeah, go to I'm like, yeah, this is, this is really frustrating. Yeah. So I said, okay, I need to think about this. And I call my friend Jared. So Jared was the coach of that eighth grade team in Arizona. I call Jared and I say, hey, I'm thinking about starting a club. What do you think? Would your boys want to come play and would you coach? And we go back and forth and he says, Tua, I would love to be a part of the club, but I'm not the coach. And I was like, okay, who, who's the coach then? He goes, I'm going to bring a guy. It's my brother-in-law. And I said, oh, all right. I've never met this guy. never heard of him. And he, we have this meeting. He brings his brother-in-law. His brother-in-law is Rick Stafford. Okay. So Rick Stafford played ball in Germany for 10 years, was a head coach of his team over there also for another couple of years, right? So the guy's, the guy's a legend in the pro-German leagues and in the EuroLeague over there, right? Is he bigger than David Hasselhoff in Germany? Or <laughs> um, I, I'm pretty sure David's got it's like sticking the ground on that. David Hasselhoff, Dirk Nowitzki, Dennis Schroeder, Rick Stafford. Is that yeah. maybe the, is that the? Is that That's the probably high? it. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm just trying to, I've, I've expanded all of my German uh, basketball knowledge. Wait, did did Detlef Schrempf? Is he a is he a German? I think he. Oh. Player. good question i don't know anyway uh we have i'll check the google machine later i'll go to go to askjeeves.com and see if i can pull that information up okay so so rick stafford comes over and uh or you, you meet with rick stafford yeah we meet and and rick is got okay if i'm gonna do this i need this we need to do this and that and i'm like and then he just and i say okay and he goes okay cool and then he gets up and leaves <laughs> and i thought oh all right okay well, all right i'm talking to jared and you know, that's that's really the genesis of how it started. So it was it was my son, it was Jared's two boys, Rick's son, and then we had the son of another another friend of mine, uh Evan, Evan Anderson. He went to Pleasant Grove. Okay. Right? So the two the two brothers are Court and Carter Walker, right? And then it was Abe Stafford, Rick's son. So it was five kids. And that was really kind of the start of it. Like we had no money. I was like, all right, I gotta figure this out. So I start, you know, calling and finding out, okay, where the best tournaments are, where are the showcases, who do we need to be friends with and that such. And so we said, all right, let's just kind of try this out. Let's see how it goes. We had no uniforms, right? So I, I get a hold of Dinos who runs the Pangos. Yep. All married, right? So, so Dinos, Dinos and I go back to forth. Not yet, I guess, but we've exchanged plenty of text messages. Uh, yeah. about my because my son AJ went out to the Pangos uh freshman sophomore uh event in Long Beach and it, anyway Dinos is a is a I consider him a friend so that's yeah. cool he's 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 very gracious and open yeah. right and so he didn't know us from from Adam right yeah so, so watch, we go it. Down. watch it that's my name it can't it's, oh yeah yeah sorry it's fine it's fine just, you get one time and then that's <laughs> Yeah, so so Dinos has his thing down in, in Vegas. And, you know, early on, Rick was like, listen, I, I don't play Sundays. You know, we just need to be back on Sunday. And I was like, okay. And so I knew, 
any operator, any tournament operator, you say, Hey, I can't do Sundays. Like it, it throws a wrench into their, their bracketing and, yeah. and all that stuff. So fortunately Dinos and his team, we went back and forth a bunch and said, listen, we're coming up. This is who we are. Right. But tell you what, we'll throw down the gauntlet, put us against anybody you want. Right. Even if it's a tune up game for the other team, like we'll take it. So, so we go down there and mind you, there's no uniforms. Everybody's wearing these old tattered practice jerseys, right? What year is this, by the way? This was 21. Okay, so we're we're in post-COVID, year after COVID, tournaments just getting fired back up. You're rolling down there with five dudes in a tattered practice jersey. Yeah. Okay. I'm just setting the stage here for it. There's yeah. only five of you. You have no bench? No bench. <laughs> okay. We got timeouts. <laughs> This is this is great. I love it. Okay, keep going. I'm just you got you got the the bad news bears have uh, have rolled into town. Totally bad news bears, man. Like like we get in there and Adam, when I tell you when we do the warm ups and the warm up line, like a five person warm up line, layup line, it just doesn't look impressive, right? It does not. And no, every I... single time, the team on the other side is looking over and like chuckling and laughing, like they only got five dudes. And so like, okay. So our boys know that it's, you know, we've burned the boats. They got to get it done, you know? And so we end up like literally rolling everybody we go up against. Right. So we're winning by 20 every single game. So I think we played five or six games in two days. Right. And at the end, you know, you know we got some athletes. So Carter for one, Carter Walker, he played at Orem. He's actually going to BYU on a high jump scholarship, but he'd throw down, you know, some pretty, some pretty impressive dunks. Right. And then at the end of the end of the, the last game, Dinos comes up to us. He's like, who the hell are you guys? <laughs> right. Listen, this is who we are. It's what we got. Right. And so he takes a couple of photos of our guys. Right. And then posts it out on Twitter. And that's kind of the Genesis because now you have coaches reaching out to our Twitter account saying, hey, heard this Dinos or I saw this from here, you know. And so the ball's starting to roll in terms of, okay, this is how we want to do things, right? But we know we can't just have five guys all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could, but that's only if you don't like In-N-Out or Freddy's. You can you can have five guys. It's probably a little bit expensive. The burgers yeah. are kind of okay. But five guys on a basketball team only is going to be rough, though. That's for sure. Yeah, so so that's really kind of the the moment where we said, okay, I think we can do this. You know, from me as a standpoint, trying to organize everything, and from Rick and Jared, like they were like, oh, okay, these are good kids. You know, they're I think all but one was a senior at the time, and we're starting. We got a little publicity just from one little tournament or showcase that we went to. Right, so for us, it was like. Okay, I think we're in, right? So that's that was that's the beginning. All. That's cool. And so, um, so so we're at 20, 2021, So now you're three years into this. Um, is it still? It's still just a. When I say just, I don't mean that like it's inconsequential, but it's a program specifically designed for seventeen U unsigned seniors. Is that that's kind of. Did it, did it kind of develop into that then over the last few years? Like, all right, we've got a niche. 
We know what we're doing. We know the tournaments to go to. We've got connections with coaches. We've got the Twitter account. Like we feel like we've got a little bit of a recipe here. If you're an unsigned senior looking to, is it unsigned seniors who are looking to get signed and play in college or like unsigned seniors who are like, man, I love basketball. I'm ready for my last hurrah. Like I can't wait to just go play some club ball. Or is it kind of a mix of both? The majority of it is kids that have had no offers. Okay. And they want to go play somewhere. And then we've had a few kids that have had interest or they've had an offer somewhere. And maybe they just, they had a, a bad experience at their other club. And so, you know, gotcha. typically at the beginning of the club season, we'll tell guys like, hey, just come, come to one of our open runs, get coached by us, see if you like it. Yeah. Right? And we let them decide. And some kids come back, some don't. And like, okay, that's fine. Like, but that's, that's really, you know, what we focus on. We found that if we just stick to, you know, these nine, 10 kids, right. And we'll typically carry one to two younger kids, right. Because I think that fits and it helps them get better in terms of playing with older kids. Yeah. Um, but the unsigned senior thing was really just kind of a revelation because we had, you know, we haven't won every tournament or showcase, right. But we've gone out, we've competed and every single senior that's come through has come out the other end with an offer and opportunity to play somewhere. Right. Okay. And so that's for big, us, that's that was, deal. yeah, it's a big deal, right? You're talking about a kid that, you know, literally had nothing like no interest, no offers. In terms no of money. basketball offers, right? They, they might have had worth and, and been, you know, really great students or whatever it is. Just, I don't want to devalue any, but you're talking about basketball offers, yeah. obviously just so everybody's yeah. aware. Yeah, he's no, no basketball offers, but probably has a lot going in their life. Hopefully, Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And, you know, and I think about when I was a kid playing, like when you grow up playing basketball, you know, back in our heyday, it was, you know, you watch the UNC, you watch the Kentuckys, you say, like, oh, man, I'd love to play ball. Right. But nobody ever told me one way or the other, like, hey, this is probably not going to happen or you could probably go play at this school or maybe this and that. And so, you know, a rewarding thing for us is to to see the kid that shows up, you know, day one, understands the culture of how we run our team and our program, we play our games. And then for him to say, hey, especially when I'm giving him the news the first time, like, listen, so-and-so reached out, they're interested in you, they want to talk to you, mm. right? You're talking about a kid that had nothing 30, 45 days prior, and now he's got something tangible in his hands right? where he can go play college ball somewhere, right? And so with that success – you know, it, it really kind of boosted why we do what we do. Right. That's cool. And so we've built onto that and we'll do, we do a service project every year at the, uh, at the food bank. So we'll go serve the homeless, the less fortunate food. We'll have business leaders come in and talk to them about life. So for us, it's kind of bad. The basketball piece has really just become a window mm -hmm. into the life of who Utah hype is. That's right. That's that's so good to hear. I I was uh I actually got kind of mocked on Twitter by a couple people because I I was talking about, you know, you've got these kids and they're they're not in school, right? Their attention is pretty focused on basketball. And you know, I got to travel with a team last year, 15U team last year. I'm like there there's a decent amount of downtime and things like that and I just thought, you know, what if they what if you could teach them about like basic accounting or you could teach them about, I mean, you can go start a, a online store. You can start an e-commerce store. You can use AI right now to write a book. 
about your season and then it can be automatically printed on demand on Amazon. There are so many ways right now that people, I think, especially kids that are creative and high performers, they can learn about like work and life. So I put that out on Twitter. Man, I had all sorts of AU coaches like this guy's out here talking about teaching the kids about accounting. Like this is all about exposure. And can you get to the next level? Can you get that offer? And I'm just like, I don't know. Call me crazy. But uh, I, I just found this. is I just found uh, 25 years ago. So 1999 was my senior year. I found my senior night. uh pamphlet because i was looking for i used to be a 49ers fan so i was looking for a 49ers hat to rock for the super bowl and i found my senior night thing and i'm looking at this and i realized i still keep in touch with every one of these dudes 25 years ago like i still keep in touch with them one of them's coming out he's like hey i'm gonna be skiing in park city i'm like yeah man take my car up like it'd be good to see you i'll buy you lunch like there's so much depth and richness that can come from this game if if you if you realize that the game is only a small part of the overall benefits which are the people the network the life lessons the the stuff that you will learn through the game that can then propel you on so anyway i i was i was given a little bit of back maybe we don't need to be teaching accounting to uh to a bunch of 16 year olds but i wouldn't be against it either <laughs> yeah you know to to your point i think i think you hit the nail on the head is you know, one of the things that frustrates us with how club ball is run is, you know, we, you know, we we nicknamed them puppy mills, right? Where you have 150 kids all on different teams, dads coaching teams, and everybody's paying 100 bucks a month, right? And if they're lucky, it's 100 bucks a month now. Yeah, if they're lucky, right? <laughs> that's that's a deal at this point. <laughs> You know, and they get fancy uniforms or whatever, right? And I'm not saying that that's a bad business model, right? But if the business of that business is to generate recurring revenue, that's a great model. Yeah, no doubt. But what's happened is, you know, we were approached by a couple of different people saying, hey, what if we expanded the club and we could get, you know, these 8 to 10-year-olds and 10 to 12 and then kind of build your pipeline into like, yeah, that sounds great on paper, right? But we don't we don't get the depth that you talked about with our players and and why we're doing this right right number one is because right now we're the only ones that believe in what we do <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. You know? if i if i if i build a bunch of 10 year old teams and get a bunch of dads to coach those dads don't really care about what we do as a program and they care about coaching their kid and that's in that game yeah no right? doubt and so we we've, we've intentionally shied away from that model and growing that because we found that, okay, we can stick to these nine, 10 kids and really, really focus on them and do what they do. And, and for us, you know, it's the other stuff that means probably more to us than anything, right. And building these young men, because, you know, some of them, we had one kid, you know, he, he came to us, graduation had already happened. Okay. So mind you, I think this is June. This is probably the first week of June. One of our players said, hey, I got a buddy. He just graduated. Can he come run? And I was like, okay, yeah, sure, come on. So a kid shows up, and, you know, he looks like he's 12. And I thought, is this, this is a kid, right? And he says, no, this is this is Roman. This is the guy. This is the kid. He just graduated. I say, oh, Roman. Like, when, when's his big brother showing up? <laughs> yeah. Right? And so Roman shows up, man, and 
he's probably been one of, if not the most competitive kid we've ever had. Okay. So your post-graduation, no offers, no interest from anybody, comes and runs with us that summer. And by the end, I think within 60 to 90 days of us playing, you know, out of state, he had a couple opportunities. So now he's in his second year at JUCO in Colorado right now. Oh, right, right on. Which, and which he's getting over there. Yeah, he's at Otero College. Okay. Right now. Familiar. Super familiar yeah, with so, that. And by the way, really hard to do, everybody. It's really hard to play JUCO basketball, just yeah. so you're all aware. <clears throat> just had Brandon from JUCO Advocate on, right? Like, it's hard. It's really, really yeah. difficult. So don't, don't ever, don't ever, you know, don't poo-poo JUCO. Like it's, oh, no, no. it's, it's full of, it's full of talented dudes for sure. Yeah, you know, we we actually have that conversation with them in the beginning of the season, right? Because we'll yeah. say, hey, are you interested in playing college ball? Everybody says, yeah, 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 right? And we'll say, okay, what kind of interest do you have? And sometimes, well, I haven't heard from anybody, but they'll they'll end their their statement sometimes saying, well, I haven't heard from. BYU, Utah, Utah State, but I'll just go down and walk on it snow. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, one of the top ten JUCOs in the country. Yeah, and I said, have you have you heard from them? No. Do you know anybody on the staff? No. There's there's a chance that's not going to happen, right? Yeah, it's probably not going to. It's probably not going to happen, and, unless you're extremely talented. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's like a reality check conversation that has to happen early on, right? Yeah, for sure. With these guys. I love it. Well, hey, coach, we are at, uh, I didn't even, I just checked the clock. We're at 41 minutes. It's almost been an, it's been a, an entire college basketball game that we have just talked. Yeah. Uh, so the, the timing is appropriate. Uh, how do people get in touch with you? Is, is Twitter the best? I know uh, it's at Utah hype on, on Twitter or X or Twix or whatever we're going to call it. Um, is that the, is that the best way for if people are looking for a school or uh, not a school looking for a club? to run with here i know that club seasons kind of start you know the high school season is it's not wrapping up like it's actually accelerating into the state playoffs but i know there's a lot of clubs that are announcing their their rosters and setting up teams and getting their schedules out so is this the time for some players to be reaching out to you yeah absolutely if you're a player listening to this podcast we've got a few more spots left we're looking just for unsigned seniors um and if you're a high school coach that's listened to this, if you've got a guy on your roster, I don't care how much time he's played. If you think he can play, right, reach out to us on, on Twitter and let's have him come out to one of our open runs and we'll work him out. And let's see if we can make it happen because, you know, we, we take a lot of pride and joy in, in helping our boys get off to the next level and get out to that next chapter in life. So That's awesome. Well, uh, Coach Tua, Toyevao. Did I still did I carry the did I carry the name pronunciation all the way through? Perfect. Ah, love it. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for coming on the show. Uh, like I said, I'll, I'll have I'll have your the Twitter link and everything down in the show notes. Uh, also, kudos to any player who has listened to all forty three minutes of this podcast. Uh, you're the real superstar for having a long attention span and not succumbing to the the uh, immediate uh, goldfish attention span of your generation. So shout out to you. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks coach. I really appreciate you coming on. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it.